Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What up, what up, what up, fam? How you doing? How you doing? We're back once again. <laughs> My name is Cliff Gober. want to welcome you to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. And uh, right off the bat, I've got a great show for you today. It's going to be an awesome thing. We're continuing in the understanding of faith. And uh, we're going to talk today about what I call the three components of faith. The three components of faith. But let's start, as we always do, with a word of prayer. And so, God, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you once again for your love. We thank you once again for your grace. We thank you once again for your favor. We thank you for your instructions, your directions, your wisdom, your prosperity, your loving us the way we do and just continuing to be God in our lives in ways that we still haven't figured out how you do all that you do. But we know you're God, so that's pretty much the answer to the question. Father, we declare that this word will go forth with clarity and understanding, with simplicity and understanding, and that every ear is anointed to hear not just the words that come out of my mouth, but the words that are revealed behind my words by the Holy Spirit. Let this thing be tailor-made and tailor-fit and cut-fit uh, just for each and every hearer. We declare if your heart is open to receive your word and your revelation. We bind every demonic force and every demonic spirit that would try to hinder the plan of God from going forth during this time. No hurt, no harm, no danger, no distractions that people will hear everything they need to hear. We thank you and declare this thing to be so by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all right, all right. So... Back in the day, I know many of you remember uh, in the 70s, uh, 60s, late 60s, 70s, early into the 80s, there were these stereo concepts. Uh, you know, you could buy, you know, my parents had the big old console, right, that had the, uh, the drawers, uh, the sliding doors at the bottom where you could stash all your records. I'm looking at it now, my parents' living room right now. And on the top, you had the console with the record player, and the radio, right? So that was one way of listening to music and playing records and listening to the radio. But another way, and then obviously you have your car radio, and we went from uh, <laughs> we went from eight track uh, to cassette tape to CD to now we got MP3 and all of those things. But but the high end stereo people, the folk that had a little extra money, and the folk that were really really into their music. They had what was called a component system. And what you did was you bought your entire stereo system in individual components. So you could go and get a record player. Well, you know, if it's a component, it's a turntable, right? <laughs> so you get a turntable, you buy that individually. Then you would get the receiver, which everybody else would call the radio. Right? So you get the receiver and you'd buy that separately. Then maybe you get an equalizer and you buy that separately. Then you get your speakers, and you buy that separately. And then depending on when it was, in the 60s, early 70s, you may have gotten a reel-to-reel -reel, -reel tape player, or in my generation, you got a cassette player, 
And if you was really balling, you got a dual cassette player, right? You bought that individually, and then you bought your speakers individually, right? And, and the point was, you're going to get a high-quality component, and then you're going to put all the components together, right? And you'd have an awesome stereo system. And uh, not everybody had it, but the guys that did have it, man, they, they had a great sound system set up. Sometimes they'd buy four speakers and put them in different places in the room and, and just create this amazing sound for your records, for your tapes, and, and, and for the radio. And so with that concept in mind, a revelation that God gave me was faith can be broken down into three separate components. And so we're going to look at the three components of faith. And as we look at each individual component, just like the stereo system, we'll come back at the end, put it all together, and see a completion of what we call faith. So let's start with uh, component number one. And the information for component number one can be found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Um, if you've never listened to the Word Experience podcast, hey, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you. It's going to be a great time. We're going to use the Word a lot. You're going to get great understanding and revelation. All right, Hebrews 11, and we want to look at verse 3. And Hebrews 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were made were not made of things which are visible so by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so here we see the writer saying that god used his words to create things that were not visible that he used things that were uh not uh let me just read it. So that the things which are seen, stuff, the world, were not made of things which are visible. So things which were seen were made by things which were not seen, and the not seen thing was the Word of God. So our first component, and we, when we looked at the, uh, uh, the aspect of a simple understanding of the Word of God in the last uh, podcast, we saw that the Word of God and faith were connected. And so this is the first component of faith, the Word of God. And so if you're going to have faith, and when we talked about this in the last podcast, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So that's where faith and the Word of God were connected. And so if you're going to increase your faith, if you're going to develop that faith muscle, like we talked about in the last podcast, you're going to need the Word of God in order to do that. And so the first component is the Word of God. Now, in various places in Genesis chapter 1, which most people know as the creation, we see God creating the world, right, based on what we just read in Hebrews 11 and 3. And in verses 3, verses 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, and verse 26, the beginning of each of the, those verses start with, and God said... And then later on in, in those verses, a thing was established. The most uh, common one was, and God said, let there be light. And then the rest of the scripture was, there was light. So God said a thing and a thing emerged. 
Okay, so God said in verse 3, God said in verse 6, God said in verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, verse 26. All of those scripture verses, it starts with, and God said. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. And verse 31 is a culmination of, of what was written in all of the other verses in chapter 1. Verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1 says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So God saw what he made, right? But, but when we break it down, God saw what he said. God saw what he said. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. God saw what he made, and God saw what he said. So again, we can equate, and, and in Hebrews he says that the things which are seen are made of things which are not seen. The word of God now being the thing that God used, or the faith of God now being what he used to create. Okay, so the word of God is that first component. Now, there are a couple of scriptures, and I looked at uh, one of them in the last podcast, and I didn't in, in, in the last podcast, and I'm going to add it here. Very familiar passages of scripture regarding faith. The first one, which we talked about in the last podcast, was the just shall live by faith. Right? We saw that in four different places in scripture. The just shall live by faith. Okay, now. The other scripture, I believe, is 2 Corinthians 2, 5, and 17, I believe. I believe. Don't quote me on that. And we're not going to go to it. But what it says is, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we got two scriptures here. The just shall live by faith, and for we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to substitute the word of God for faith in both of those scriptures and and watch the understanding just blow up in your mind right so here we go you ready you ready you ready you ready you ready all right here we go for the just shall live by the word of god man that's nice right the just shall live by the word of god okay that's the first scripture now let's look at the second scripture for we walk by the word of God, not by sight. Now, now, for me, that gives me an image of exactly how I'm supposed to use the word of God. And, and that word walk here, uh, I believe it translates habitually live. So he's not talking about left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. He's talking about a way of living, right? So the just shall live by the word of God. And for we habitually live by the word of God and not by sight. So we've got to put more value on the word of God than we do on what we see. Because the word of God has the ability to change what we see. Okay, And it's not just uh, 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 incantations or just reciting words. We talked about the, the, the heart-mouth connection in our last episode. It's got to be words in our heart that overflow out into our mouths. And those words can change a situation. Okay? So, the just shall live by the word of God, and we walk by the word of God and not by sight. All right. So, that's the first component 
of faith. Let's look at the second component of faith, which is confidence in the word of God. Now, I believe in the last episode, we, we looked at a phrase called confident assurance uh, as a, as a uh, definition of faith in the Hebrews 11 and 1. I think it was in the Amplified, or one of the translations, that, that confident assurance defines faith. So that aspect of confidence has to be in the mix if we're going to have a faith that operates in the real world right that we take it from the high to the low from the spirit realm to the natural realm we're going to have a certain level we're going to have to have a certain level of confidence in the word of god not just confidence but confidence in the word of god and that's the second component now i wrote this down it says confidence in the word can only be developed by spending time meditating in the word you're not going to have confidence in the Word of God just by memorizing the Word of God. And there's nothing wrong with memorization. But memorization doesn't necessarily bring confidence. It is meditating on that Word that creates confidence because it goes from the head to the heart. And remember now, we always want to get that Word into our hearts. And I think too many times as Christians, we are satisfied with the Word being in our head but faith doesn't come from the head. Faith comes from the heart. And it's the confidence in that word that we need to develop. And the way we do that is by meditating on the word of God. Now, let's take a look at one particular scripture. There, there are a couple of them on meditation. But um, I just, you know, I've been, I've been hitting you guys with an hour and 50 some odd minutes and, you know, back and forth with these podcasts. And I want to kind of tighten it up just, just a little bit. So I'm not going to hit you with too many scriptures today, but uh, these are some impactful things. So I think it'll be, it's still going to bless your life. All right. So we want to go to Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. And we're talking about meditation. And this is different from, you know, sitting on the floor, cross legs, with your eyes closed and your hands in a certain position, and you think thoughts to clear your mind. This is not what this is. Meditation is a very different thing from a godly perspective. No disrespect to anybody else. Do what you do. That's, that's what you do. But for, for godly people, meditation uh, has a specific uh, meaning and understanding. So let's dive into that and see what that meaning and understanding is. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Okay, Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. All right, we're only going to look at verses 1 and 2. That's right. All right, so verse 2 again says, The delight of the blessed man is the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, that doesn't mean all he does or all she does is sit around and meditate on the, word, on the Word. That's not what this is about. What it's about is it is something that we do on a regular basis. It's something we do, and we'll make it a little more specific. It's something we do on a daily basis. We meditate on the Word on a regular daily basis. Why? Because the just shall live by the Word of God. So if I'm going to be living by the Word of God, I need to spend some time in that Word so I can get some understanding, so I can know how I'm living, 
right? In living color, how they used to open it. How you living? What? How you living? What? How you living? By the word of God. All right, I changed that up a little bit. <laughs> All right. So again, verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates on a regular basis. All right. Now, the Amplified of verse 2 says, He habitually meditates. See, there's that habit something that we do on a regular basis. He habitually meditates, and the Amplified breaks meditating down as ponders and studies by day and by night. Ponders and studies. I think another scripture, uh, another translation says, rolling over scripture, feeding on it, right? Chewing on it. I think that's another translation that says we chew on scripture, right? We let it marinate. You know, we take a scripture and we piece it together and we break it down and we look at it from one perspective and we look at it from another perspective. I think in the um, the the episode where we did of understanding the word of God or the value of the word of God, one of those, I talked about how uh, we take a one scripture. I think it was the Lord is my shepherd. And we break that thing down, the Lord. And we think about what it is for God to be my Lord. And, and um, one revelation I had when I was meditating on this was uh, equating the, uh, the landlord of a home or apartment with God who is the life lord. And just like we have to abide by the rules set by the landlord, right, we have to abide by the rules set by the life lord. And that was just in time meditating on the Lord. And then you can take some time and meditate on my shepherd and, and spend, man, you could spend all day just thinking about shepherd and Googling shepherds and what was the responsibility of the shepherd and who shepherds were and equate that to God being your shepherd. This is how we meditate on the word. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, I did it in an earlier podcast, so you can check it out. Um, but, but taking that time to break the scripture down and look at it and roll it over in your mind and ponder it and study it. I mean, there are ways now to simply easily look up the Greek and the Hebrew word, uh, Hebrew meaning of a certain word and look at all of the different contextual meanings and where you can find. All of that is meditating on the word and all of that is designed to give us confidence in that word. To give us confidence in that word. To take the first component and combine it with the second component. And now we see there's a strength that's building in what we call faith. Because now I have the thing I use to get my faith, the word of God. And I add it, add to that word my confidence in it. And now, now we're about to do some stuff now, right? So let's look at an example of, of meditating, create, meditation creating confidence. Um, one of the, one of the uh, examples, uh, my best friend, one of my business partners, and, and we've been best friends for, we've been friends for almost 35 years, and uh, we oftentimes have had spiritual conversations and, and meditating on things and chopping things up and, and digging into the Word and digging into Revelation to work to get understanding for our own individual lives. And one of the things that came up where faith was concerned was a chair. And uh, I heard a man of God also speak about this, and I think it's awesome, that because we spend enough time around chairs, we've developed enough confidence in a chair that when I go to sit down, I've got enough confidence in the chair to just sit down in a chair. 
But imagine having never seen a chair and you try to sit down in a chair. You don't have enough confidence in that chair. Or imagine some modern, modernistic, artistic chair has been designed and you go to one of these restaurants or you go to one of these fancy places and they got a different kind of chair going on. And you're looking at that chair going, I don't have a lot of confidence in that chair, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to comfortably sit in it, right? But if you sit in it at once, you sit in it two or three times, sit in it five or six times, all now, little by little, you begin to gain confidence in that chair's ability to hold you. I don't know if you've ever, uh, as an adult, some of my adults who are parents, and maybe you've gone to a parent-teacher conference or you've gone to an event at school uh, uh, for your, for your uh, child's uh, in, in your child's class and you go into that classroom and if they're like in elementary school you're sitting in one of those little bitty chairs you don't necessarily have a lot of confidence in that chair to support you right but now if you go to another, enough of those conferences and you sit in enough of those chairs you can look at it and go well even though it's little uh, I know it's going to support me how do you know that because you've been spending time sitting in the chair so how do we gain confidence in the word Chair examples. We spend time in that word. We get a little word. We meditate on it. We apply it to our lives. Hey, man, that worked. And we get a little more word. And we gain some understanding. And we apply it to our lives. And we see change start to happen. Maybe not a big change. You know, you know, the word of God, and I'll say this, the word of God is not a magic book. And God is not a magician. He's not a genie. Okay? So you can't just go abracadabra and stuff shows up. That's not faith. That's movies and fairy tales, okay? Faith is a whole different thing. We've got to bring what is real from the spirit realm into the natural realm. And sometimes that's not a, you know, abracadabra, snap your finger, blink, 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 turn around three times and tell your neighbor my change is here. It doesn't work like that. Okay, again, no disrespect to anybody, but, but we need to get to the, to the honest truth of how faith works so we can begin to apply it to our lives in the proper manner and we can begin to see the results of our faith and not just stumble upon stuff from time to time. Okay, uh, I say like the old preachers, I don't know who that was for, but that was for somebody. <laughs> All right, so I've got to spend time with a chair to gain confidence in its ability to hold me. Likewise, I've got to spend time in the word so I can gain confidence in that word's ability to change me and to change my situation. I've got to spend time in that word and we got to meditate in it and we got to roll it over and we've got to, you know, look at it from different perspectives and all the things I've been saying over the past few minutes. Okay. So let's go to the scripture now. We're going to look at an example of meditation creating confidence. We're going to go to Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 40 through 42. Acts chapter 2, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 42. Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 42. Now, let me give you a little background on this. Uh, this is uh, right after the, well, it's during the day of Pentecost. And for those of you who don't know, the day of Pentecost was the day that the Holy Spirit was introduced into the earth and it got indwelt 
uh, by 120 people. I believe that Jesus had told to wait in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell and it got indwelt into the uh, hearts of those particular people. Once that happened, they began to speak in languages that were not their natural language. The traditional phrase for that is they began to speak in tongues, right? And the traditional explanation of what this was, was it was the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't want anybody to get freaked out with that. All it means is they began to speak a language that was not their natural language. So, for instance, if your natural language is English, then on the day of Pentecost, maybe you would have been speaking Japanese and you don't speak Japanese, right? Or if your natural language is Spanish, then you begin to speak German and you never learn German, okay? That's what was going on, all right? And, and people in the area heard them speaking and what they were all saying was they were declaring the goodness of God. And you can read this at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. And so people thought they were drunk because it was 9 o'clock. People thought they were drunk because they were speaking these languages that they don't naturally speak. And Peter got up and said, these men are not drunk. And he gives this long uh, sermon where he breaks down that this is what Joel prophesied about in the book of Joel. He talks about Jesus, the Jesus that you crucified was Lord in Christ. He begins to quote scriptures from Psalms where David talked about Jesus, and he does this whole sermon. Right. And um, in verse 40, Acts chapter two, we pick it up and, and this is Peter speaking. And he says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about three thousand souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And I want to focus in on verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So what does that mean? They begin to have daily Bible studies. And I talked about this a little bit um, in one of the earlier, I think it was in the Understanding podcast. And I want to make a correction because I believe in that podcast I said that Philip was just a guy uh, who had been going to Bible study every day. Philip was actually one of the 12. So he had also spent time with Jesus. Um, and uh, he was also one of the ones who was leading the Bible study. So he was a little more than just a dude going to Bible study. <laughs> it's been bugging me since I laid it in. I didn't know when to bring the correction. So here it is. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, so they were having these continuous Bible studies. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, I want to look at uh, a translation of verse 42. This translation is called the voice translation. And it says, The community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them. The community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them. So there's not just Bible study going on. I mean, there is Bible study, but in the midst of that Bible study, I'm sure there's meditating on the word and revelation of the word of God that was going forth. And Peter and the other apostles making sense of the word, 
okay, uh, the way they did in Nehemiah chapter 8. They made sense of the word. They made sense of the prophecies that were spoken in the Old Testament and connecting them to Jesus. So they're, they're, they're meditating on it. They're stirring it up. They're doing everything that we talked about and we saw in Psalms 1, chewing on scripture, letting that thing marinate. They are in times of meditation. We'll call it that. Times of meditation. Okay. So we got meditation. Now let's see confidence. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. And we want to look at verses 13 and 14. Acts chapter 4 verses 13 and 14. So the day of Pentecost created this wave of the new church. 3,000 people plus, And we got Bible studies every day. People are fellowshipping. Not only are they breaking bread and eating, but they're also uh, committing to the Lord's Supper. Um, they are taking the excess money and, and possessions that they have, selling it, taking that money and giving it to other people, making sure nobody was in need. It is, it is a model of what the kingdom of God is supposed to be. And I believe it is what we're headed towards uh, within the body of Christ, no matter how crazy stuff looks, <laughs> both outside the church uh, and inside the church. That's where we're headed. We're headed for an Acts chapter 2 church, I believe. Okay. All right, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Now again, let me give us a background on this. In Acts chapter 4, I believe in Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John were going to the temple. There was a guy sitting at the temple. He had been lame, the Bible says, since his mother's womb, since birth. And he was asking for alms, for money, uh, at the gate uh, of the temple. And Peter and John walks up on him, and Peter goes, Silver and gold have I none, but such that I have I give unto you. Rise and take up your bed and walk in the name of Jesus. And the guy gets up and he walks, and everybody freaks out. First, they started praising God. Then the religious leaders got upset, and they dragged Peter and John into court, basically, uh, in front of the Jewish religious leaders. And they asked Peter and John, by what authority do you have to do this? Now, they can't argue with the man's healing because he's standing right there, like, like it just said here in Acts chapter 4. All right, But they were upset that something is going on that we have no control over, and, and we're going to accuse these guys. And then Peter gets up and gives another sermon, an amazing sermon about what they just did and what who Jesus is and all of that stuff, fantastic stuff. And so at the end of the sermon, we see verse 13, they saw the boldness in Peter of Peter and John. They saw that they were uneducated and untrained in the things of Jewish law. And because they didn't wear all the accoutrements that came with the religious leaders, Right. And then they also realized they had been with Jesus. Okay. And so what happened was the boldness, I believe, and the confidence, I believe, came out of that time of Bible study, came out of that time of sharing revelation, uh, came out of that time, the revelation coming from the Holy Spirit, came out of that time of meditating on the word that they were so full of faith. They could look at a man who had been lame since he was born 
speak a word of faith into his life and the man gets up and walks. Now, I heard somebody preach about this before and they mentioned that if you've been lame since you were born, all of your muscles have been atrophied. Your muscles don't work. Your feet muscles don't work. Your calf muscles don't work. Your thigh muscles don't work. The muscles don't work because they've never had to work before. And, and I believe the scripture says that the man leapt to his feet, jumped up. That's some crazy, serious faith. Where does that crazy, serious faith come from? It came from some crazy, serious confidence that came from some crazy, serious meditation on the word. And if we spend that kind of time in the word to gain that kind of confidence, when we speak things, you know, we always talk about speaking into existence. We have the confidence to say that will not happen anymore. Or, or that will have to change. Um, I, I, I'll share this. I'll share this. Uh, some years ago, I was living in a certain neighborhood. And, and it was across the street from the grocery store I used to go to, there was a, you know, uh, astrology, uh, um, psychic uh, little thing, right? And, and I would drive by it. I'd see it every day going to and for, fro from the, from the grocery store. And I'd sit, I began to see it, and I began to see it, and I began to see it. And I'd been spending time in the Word and growing and gaining confidence in the Word of God. And one day I looked at it. I said, that should not be here. And I said, God, I don't, I said, I, I curse that business from the root. And I declare it shall no longer be in this neighborhood. And it took maybe, I don't know, three, four months, maybe four or five months. And I went to the grocery store one day and it was not there. That building was empty. Now, you can say what you want to say. You can say it was coincidence. You can say, you know, this has nothing to do with that. Say what you want to say. I know I declared that thing cursed. And in months later, it was cursed. It was not there. Okay. And that came out of a certain level of confidence that I had in the word and in my words as a godly man, given the authority of Jesus Christ. Um, and I've done that a couple of times with a couple of different things. I haven't done it a lot. All right. And, and, and trust me, I didn't fly in from heaven on my chariot to do this podcast and then fly back to heaven. I'm working on this too. We can, it's, it's easy to get inundated by uh, circumstances, situations, people that we work with, people that we're related to. It's real easy to get inundated by that stuff and react based on our circumstances. But the more that we spend time in this word and the more that we meditate on this word, and the more we gain confidence in this word, when we speak, we will speak faith-filled, bold words just like Peter did in Acts chapter 4. All right? Y'all feeling me on that? All right. Now, the message translation of Acts 13 and 14 says, They couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John, standing there so confident, so sure of themselves, their fascination deepened when they realized these two were laymen with no training in Scripture or formal education. See, you don't... Listen... I know people that have gone to seminary school. I ain't hating on seminaries, okay? But you don't have to go to seminary school to have this this kind of faith and boldness and confidence. All it takes is spending time meditating on this word and allowing the Holy Spirit to give you revelation and see things from God's perspective that you've never seen before. This is why, you know, I've 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 had to temper my <laughs> 
temper my opinions about memorizing scripture because it's just a head thing. We got to make the word of God a heart thing. And when we make it a heart thing, that's when the faith is going to kick in. So, first component of faith is the word of God. Second component of faith is confidence in the word of God. Now, let's look at how important confidence is, if you don't know already. <laughs> uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, and verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. I think the uh, traditional King James says, cast, uh, uh, don't cast away thy confidence. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, so why am I trying to do it? I don't know. Um, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Oh, that's what it is. In the King James, it says, for it has great recompense of reward. That's what it says. Okay. Do not cast away or throw away your confidence, which implies that confidence can be thrown away. How can I throw away my confidence? I get distracted by my circumstances. I get distracted by spiritual attacks from the enemy. Uh, I get thrown off my game, as it were. And all of a sudden, I lose my confidence. In the same way that Peter began to sink after he started walking on the water, why did Peter begin to sink? He started paying more attention to his circumstances than he, than he did the word of God which was given to him, which was come. Right? Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come upon the water. Jesus said, come. That was the word of God being spoken to Peter. He got out of the boat and he started walking. Now, the wind and the waves had already been happening. He didn't get out of the boat, then the wind started blowing and the waves started crashing. The wind was blowing and the waves were crashing when he got out of the boat and started walking on the water. So why did he begin to sink? He started paying attention to the wind and the waves. He started paying, paying more attention to the wind and the waves, his circumstances, than he did to the word of God. Come. And once he lost his focus or once his focus shifted to his circumstances, that's when he began to sink. Boy, that's a word right there. That's a word. That's a word for somebody. That's a word for me. If it's for nobody else, that's for me. I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. The New Living Translation of Hebrews 10.35 says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. All right. So if I'm going to trust in the Lord, that also equates to me trusting in his word. I cannot throw away my confidence in the word of God. I cannot say to myself, this word doesn't work. And I heard a man of God say that one of the greatest things that the enemy tries to get us to believe is to believe that the word of God does not work. Or dig, dig even deeper. The word of God doesn't work for me. Right. I know God is a healer, but I don't know if he'll heal me because I, I ain't been so good and I'm not righteous or, you know, I've been drinking too much or, you know, I cussed that lady out last week. So I, don't, I think I'm disqualified for healing because I ain't been living right. Do you not understand that everybody in the Bible that Jesus healed wasn't always living right? It's not about your living right, but when I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, and the Holy Spirit is kind of going, eh, stay, stay in your lane, dog, stay in your lane. I don't know if the Holy Spirit said dog, but that's me. 
<laughs> stay in your lane. So let me stay in my lane. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. Your confidence can't even be stolen from you based on this scripture. The enemy can't even steal your confidence. But what he can do is, is, is influence you in a manner that allows you to throw it away. I'm not going to throw away my confidence in God. I'm not going to throw away my confidence in his word. I may cry. I may be frustrated. I may get angry, but I'm not going to throw away my confidence. I'm going to go back into this word. I'm going to dig up some more word. I'm going to get some more confidence, and then I'm going to speak. Now, this is revelation right here. Some of you guys may be speaking too soon. And you don't have enough confidence in what you're saying for the, to, to, to have the faith for that thing to come to pass. And then it doesn't come to pass. And you say, yeah, see, this doesn't work. Or somebody else tells you, yeah, see, that doesn't work. Or the enemy will whisper in your ear, see, that doesn't work. That faith thing doesn't work. That word doesn't work. And that's where he gets many of us. All right. So maybe what you have to do is get your confidence before you speak. And let your confidence be the thing that is the guiding force for what comes out of your mouth. Then I I Then you will see the results of your words, saith the Lord. It is confidence in the word that is the key. And it is not a lack of faith as much as it is a lack of confidence. And the increase in confidence will come from the increase in meditation. And once you increase your meditation, your confidence rises. And then the words that come out of your mouth will be just like the words that came out of God's mouth. And when you say, let there be, it'll be just like God saying, let there be. We're not God, right? But in Psalms, I think it's Psalms 82. He says, you, you, ye are gods, small g. We understand that we're made in God's image, so we, we can do the things that God can do. And one of the things that God can do is speak. And when he speaks, a thing is made manifest because of his confidence in himself and his word. So when we gain the confidence in the word of God at the right level, boom, then we release those words. Now things begin to come to pass in our lives. Man, that was, that was, that was, that was, yes, yes, that's what that was. That was from the Holy Ghost right there. And for those of you who never heard me speak in tongues or you get weirded out by speaking in tongues, I apologize. Well, I don't apologize, but, but um, this is one of the ways that God is able to download spiritual truths to us and we can speak it and not have an understanding of it until the, the, the interpretation comes. And what I said right after I spoke the spiritual language was the interpretation of what I said in spiritual language. So now we understand it. Now we can apply it to our lives, right? We, we jack up our confidence. It's like um, um, the BB guns that we used to have back in the day with the pump action, right? And you pump it and pump it and pump it and pump it, and you increase the amount of air compression Right. And then when you released it, the more you pumped up the, 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 the gun, right, the further the BB could go. All right. So the more you pump up your confidence, eh, boy, that's good. The more you pump up your confidence, the further your words will go. 
And if you don't have a lot of confidence pumped up in your heart, your words are not going to go very far. But if you pump that confidence up and you pump that confidence up and you pump that confidence up by meditating on that word, when you speak, your words will boom, explode out of your mouth into the atmosphere and bring the thing that is in the heavenly realm into the natural realm. Boy, that will preach right there. <laughs> All right, so first component is the Word of God. Second component is confidence in the Word of God. Now let's look at the third component, uh, which is acting according to your confidence in the, Word of God, in the Word of God. All right, let's look at James 2, verse 17. James 2, verse 17. So now we're going to put actions to our confidence. All right, James chapter 2, verse 17. And many people like to quote this scripture. Um, James 2.17 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The traditional King James says, So faith without works is dead. All right. The Amplified says, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. If there are no deeds and actions of obedience to back up our faith, then the faith has no power. It is inoperative. It is dead. Okay? So we've got to have certain actions that support our faith. Right? So, so let's look at it. So I'm confident, look at the weather, I'm confident based on certain words that have been spoken, I'm confident that it's raining outside, all right? So now based on my confidence in the fact that it's raining outside, I'm going to take actions that support my confidence. What I'm going to do, I'm going to get a raincoat, I'm going to get an umbrella, I may get a hat, depending on where I'm living in the country, I might have to get some galoshes and some boots, right, and go out there in the rain. Why? Because my actions now support what I have confidence in. I had confidence in the word on rain, and so now I'm going to have actions to back up my confidence. If my actions don't back up my confidence, I'm going to go outside in the rain, and I'm going to get drenched, right? Um, so I got to have actions. Uh, yeah, Lord, I'll, I'll share that. Uh, there was an example that was given by a man of God, and, and he said, uh, you got a man in the desert dying of thirst, and somebody, you know, somebody shows up and he gets a glass of water. And he says to himself, if I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. And then he said again, if I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. And his confidence began to increase. And he said, if I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. And his confidence got pumped up, man, like nobody's business. And he said, and maybe he put a little, little, little church thing in it. He said, if I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. Right? But he never drank the water and he died of thirst. So why did he die? Did he die because of lack of confidence? Nope. He died because he didn't drink the water. He died because his actions did not support the confidence that he had in the words that he said. Now, he had a word. 
If I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. He had confidence in that word because he said he began to meditate. Oh, God, that's good. He began to meditate on his words. If I drink this water, if I drink this water, boy, if I drink this water right here, ooh, if I drink this water right here, I shall not die of thirst. And his confidence is building because he has, he's been meditating on the words that he's been speaking. But he never drank the water and he died of thirst. Confidence is, 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 is the word of God is great. Confidence is great, but those are only two of the three components. If you've got a turntable and you've got a receiver, but you've got no speakers, you can't hear the music. You got to have all of the components in place. Then you can hear the music, right? So you got you to gotta have the word. If I drink this water, I will not die of thirst. Then you meditate on that word and gain confidence in that word that if I drink this water, boy, I will not die of thirst. Then you got to drink the water. You got to have faith and you've got to have actions that are in, uh, of obedience to back up your faith, your confidence. Okay. All right. Uh, last scripture. Yes. Last scripture. James 1.22. And this also speaks to our actions. The third component. James 1.22. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. All right. So you hear a great word on your circumstances are about to change and they gave you scripture and you've been meditating on that scripture and da 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 and you get excited and you hear that word but you don't go home and have actions that support that word. You don't go home and start a budget. You don't go home and start looking, checking at your credit score. You don't go home and start looking at ways you can save money. You don't go home and start... Uh, maybe looking for a second job. You don't do anything but jump and shout and run and dance. Now you got confidence in the word and you heard a good word, but, but you didn't do anything according to the word. And the Holy Spirit being the Holy Spirit, and, and this is the thing I think sometimes people forget, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is there to lead us and guide us. And it is there to be our comforter, to walk alongside us. So, so God's not going to just give us a word for us to be excited about and then not have the Holy Spirit come alongside us and be our counselor where things are concerned. You got a word on health and you got a word on healing and you're the healed and you're the healed. But you keep ignoring the Holy Spirit telling you not to eat this, not to eat that, stop drinking this, start drinking that. No, 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 no. You want this to be magic. And I said this earlier, faith is not magic. I know I got a little vinegar in my words right about now. <laughs> but this is not magic. And we've got too many people staying broke and too many people dying early and too many people having broken relationships and broken marriages because we're not putting actions to our faith. We're just being hearers of the word and not doers only. And he says, when we do that, you deceive yourself. It's deceptive to think that you can hear a great word on healing and keep eating the stuff to give you high blood pressure. 
You're deceiving yourself to think you can keep eating like that, to think you can keep drinking all of that stuff and not drink water and not exercise and not do the things regularly that the Holy Spirit is talking to you about and you're ignoring it and yet you believe God will heal you. That's cool. And he is a healer. But the way that he heals oftentimes is in a word that comes along that says exercise. You need to exercise more or you need to exercise or you need to drink more water. That's a part of the healing. Because the body is already designed to heal. So, so, so we're looking for some magical thing because we saw Jesus lay his hands on people. We saw people lay their hands on Jesus and they were healed immediately and all of those things. And that's great. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them. They didn't have the, the technological things and the medical things and the, and the natural understanding of holistic medicines that we have right now. Maybe they had some of that understanding, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them saying, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Drink that. Eat that. Right. We do. We have the Holy Spirit saying, don't go over there and look at that woman. Don't go over there and say hi to him. Don't go over there and start telling your problems about your marriage to him because he's attracted to you. Don't do that. Don't seek for validation from these people because these people will turn on you. We've got all of these things that the Holy Spirit will give us as actions to back up the faith that we say that we have in order to walk us out of a thing into healing or into prosperity or into a great marriage or into learning how to parent our children or into being obedient children to our parents. All of those things are available to us, but we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only because when we hear only and don't do, we deceive ourselves. Here's a translation called the New Century Translation of James 1.22. He says, do what God's teaching says. When, when you only listen and do nothing, you are fooling yourselves. Do what God's teaching says. When you only listen and do nothing, you are fooling yourselves. All right. So let's put this all together. The three components of faith. The first component is the Word of God. The second component is confidence in the Word of God. And the third component is acting in accordance to your confidence in the Word of God. So, faith is acting on the Word of God that we have confidence in. How is that for a definition? Faith is acting on the Word of God that we have confidence in. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith is acting on the word of God that we have confidence in. And see, all, all three components are in that statement. Acting on the word of God is the third component. The word of God is the first component. And confidence in the word of God is the second component. All right. So we need to act on the word of God that we have confidence in. And when all three of those components are in place, Baby girl, brother man, that's when faith starts to really kick in in our lives. All right? All right? We good? Everybody good? Okay. Listen, that's all I have for today, man. I hope this thing blessed you. I know it blessed me, and I, I wrote these notes, and, and God is working through me with this stuff, but it blessed me tonight. And so uh, I'm excited about where we're going on this faith journey. I think I've got one more uh, episode about faith. I believe it's going to be 
Oh, well, we'll talk about it the next time because I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I love you. God bless you. <laughs> you have yourself a great day. And thank you for listening to the Word Experience podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.